You're listening to Fertile Minds Radio, and I'm your host, Hilary Rowland. Fertile Minds Radio is your place to learn how to maximize your fertility as well as your partner's. We cover the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of a fertility journey. You'll find tools to help you feel empowered and confident as you move from infertility to pregnancy to parenthood. If you're looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to help you reclaim your wellness, to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. Hello, hello. Welcome back for another episode of Fertile Minds Radio. It is so good to be back, just you and me. I've loved our guests that we've had on for the last few episodes, uh, Miranda Ricardo talking about MTHFR and Zool, my favorite midwife in the world, talking about what we can do to actively help the maternal fetal birth crisis that we're having here in the United States. But today, it's just going to be me, you, and your mind. And we're going to talk about maybe some anxieties that you have around trying to conceive, even if you haven't started yet. So, This whole episode was inspired by a past patient that I had seen years ago in my uh, wellness center here in St. Pete for PMDD when she was quite young. And we had kind of stayed in touch on and off. And one day she messaged me on Instagram and, you know, we're catching up and she's doing amazing. She's living her best life. And she just mentioned that she was feeling some pressure about starting a family, even though she had only been married for what felt like five minutes. She gave me the kind of brief overview of their health and their ages and said, should I be worried because I feel like I should be? And can we talk? And I wondered immediately, oh my gosh, like how many other women out there feel this way? And it was just such a stark difference from my generation of being, I guess I'm generation X, where we were sort of taught how not to get pregnant. (laughs) Not that there would be problems, like that was totally erased from the conversation with us. And now because more and more women are speaking up about their fertility struggles, I think maybe the younger generation is maybe having some worries that they may not even need to have because of conditioning. So like, when should we start to worry, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. My other thought was, is that I just hated that she was already having worry and anxiety over this and she hadn't even got to the fun part yet. And like my heart kind of broke for that a little bit because that's what the beginnings of partnerships should hopefully be about, right? Not about worries about the future and what may or may not happen. So we hopped on a call because obviously you don't want to be in DMs and on social media, privacy concerns and things like that. And we talked about some of the misconceptions that she had and we formed a plan. So it's part strategy and part mindset, because I think that both are really, really important because you want to be well-intended in what your actions are so that your results and your anxieties don't take you for Mr. Toad's wild ride, so to speak, before the fun even begins. And I say fun because it can be fun. Like that's one of the misconceptions out there is that like, you're going to have to do IVF if you've waited after a certain age and it's going to be hard. And I just want to say that is, yes, some women's experiences, some couples experiences, but it also doesn't have to be that way. So understanding that there can be fun and there can be magic and mystery all involved in creating a family. And I just want to kind of bring that idea back home again if it's starting to be lost, right? So if you 
are feeling anxious about trying and you haven't even started yet, episode's definitely for you. But even if you've been actively trying for a while and you think that you're on the way other end of this spectrum, like I just had a client the other day come to me for the first time and she hadn't gone through, she'd gone through two rounds of IVF unsuccessfully, two retrievals. And I gave her these same points and questions to reflect upon for her and her partner. And they worked brilliantly to sort of buoy them emotionally through that time. So whatever end of the spectrum you're on, whether you're like just starting to think about fertility or you're somewhere in the middle and it's longer than you thought it was going to be, I just highly encourage you to give this episode a listen and apply some of the things that we're going to talk about today, right? So let's dive in. The first thing I want you to know is that anxiety is normal in all human beings, okay? What's not normal is when it starts to hijack our life and keep us from doing all of the things that we want to do because we're stuck in those thought loops, right? Essentially, it's when our anxieties or worries are taking up too much mental real estate, right? Like that's all that we can focus on. That's when we know that like, hey, this is cross the line of like normalness or okayness. But let's get used to the idea that anxiety could be okay, right? Just because you have anxiety about something doesn't mean that it's necessarily a pathology or a diagnosis. And I also just want to point out that anxiety feeling-wise is very close to the feeling of excitement, right? And that is something that sometimes we don't necessarily reflect upon and understand like what percentage of this is fear and what part of this is excitement and could they be like co-mingling inside of me, right? And maybe maybe you just are super excited, but also a smidge worried, right? So kind of teasing that out a little bit and just understanding that if anxiety is the fear of the unknown, of course you have anxiety over getting pregnant if you've never done it before. It is literally uncharted territory, the wild, wild west of unknown. Or if you have underlying beliefs, maybe that your family, your relationship with your partner, that's going to change when you bring kids into this world, your brain actually might be trying to solve for that by creating feelings of anxiety in order to stop you from moving forward. And I think that's really important to understand if that is you, because you can address that. And then you don't have to like put the anxiety in your backpack and climb the mountain with it, right? So really understand that anxiety is not inherently bad. It's just much of anxiety's purpose comes from your brain wanting to keep you safe, right? Especially if you've witnessed people that you love or people on social media or celebrities having a hard time getting pregnant, right? It makes sense that your brain is like, no, 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 no thanks, hard pass, that is not for us. But just in case it is, like maybe we should start researching and worrying about it. <laughs> and that's that can be kind of normal, especially when we have answers at our fingertips 24-7. But the challenge with this type of thinking is that your brain doesn't really know the difference between past, present, and future when you worry ahead of time. And your brain actually then produces feelings or vibrations that then present the same kind of cascade of chemicals as if it was happening in real time, right? So that's not great for your overall health or well-being or preserving your fertility if you want to wait, right? Because you're just in one giant continuous stress response. So what do we do? I have some suggestions as always. First of all, I want you to start by making sure that you really 
really, really want kids. And I want you to get down to the minute details of why you want to grow a family. This is if you're just thinking about it, you're in it, or you've been trying for a really long time. Okay, don't just assume like, yeah, I want that. I want you to think about the driving desire behind why you want to be a parent, right? This is something that we do in the very beginning of conscious conceptions and go into great detail with both partners because it's really important to understand your why because it allows you to connect to something much bigger than yourself if the boat starts to rock and things get a little bit shaky, right? And it's really important for your partner to know their why and yours so that when one of you is stressed out, you can be a support person, really kind of booing them, reminding them of why you guys are even in this struggle in the first place and that it's all going to be worth it, right? So I think that the main questions to ask yourself is, first, when did I first think that I wanted kids? Like, how old were you? Go into great detail. This is going to help you understand some of your conditioning around wanting a family and exactly how much of those ideas were yours. And you want to ask yourself, second, why do I want kids now at this point in my life? Why do I want to be a parent now? I want you to get as detailed as you can with your answers. Your why is like your life raft, okay? If you feel any inkling of not being 100% sure, which is also very normal, by the way. This is just a big deal having kids, right? Like you can't exactly just return a human to a target. It doesn't work that way. So I highly suggest if you are on the fence at all, or you want to dive deeper into the conditioning aspects of this, that you read one of two books, or if not both. One of them was just recently published. It's called So When Are You Having Kids by Jordan Davis. And the other is called The Baby Decision by Merle Bombardieri. I think I pronounced her last name right. And that book was written some time ago by a social worker and it has been revised since, but it is a wealth of understanding, especially if you learn best through other people's stories, okay? Next up, I want you to explore your timeline with curiosity, okay? If you're thinking to yourself, I will revisit this conversation in six months where I'm not ready yet, I want you to explore why. Why do you want to wait to have kids? I want you to get as detailed as you can. And I really want you to notice if you're being avoidant, right? Because you don't want to feel negative feelings or potential negative feelings, right? And I also want you to notice how committed you are to revisiting the topic if you decide to wait. So is it on your calendar to come back and have this important conversation with your partner in six months? Or is it some abstract idea like reorganizing your pantry that you'll do at a later date when there's absolutely nothing else to do, right? And I just want to say that waiting is not an issue if you really like your reasons. Also, if you don't want to have kids, that's okay too, right? We get a choice, thankfully, still. (laughs) Although I say that loosely because I live in Florida, but We do still have a choice, right? This is something that I am intimately aware of because right before I met my husband, I kind of had this come to Jesus with the universe, if you will. The choice to not have biological children after meeting my husband and having four bonus sons uh, is one that I actually made a couple times 
And I know that it's not an easy choice to arrive at. And that's for another episode, another day. But I just want you to understand that I deeply get all the sides of this very complex decision. And that whatever you decide, as long as you like your reasons, is right and perfect for you. And that's enough. So next, I want you to notice if you would like to wait longer, especially if it's a longer amount of time than your partner or well-meaning friends and family, I want you to kind of look at your timeline and what you really want. And if you are hurrying up your timeline because of their fears, right? So what I mean by this is I want you to do an audit of where your thoughts about fertility come from. Like, are they really yours? Were they conditioned as a child by a parent or a sister or an aunt? Are they coming from social media or the podcasts that you listen to or your best friend who's been doing IVF for five years, right? Like, just what have you absorbed about this so much that then it becomes sort of your belief system? And, you know, no one is immune to conditioning in this day and age unless you abstain from all social media and basically live in a bubble, And I just think that it's really worth understanding where your beliefs come from, because even outside of external macro influences, you know, the conditioning to have a child typically begins as you are parented in your own household and how much validity is kind of given to the role of a parent and what that makes it mean about certain people. So this is something that goes way, way back. It's not just since the advent of social media, but it is worth understanding, like what are your beliefs and what was imprinted upon you? And really none of that matters because all of that was probably well-intended. Some of it, maybe not, but a lot of it probably yes. And the only thing that really matters is where you are at the intersection in your life now, right? So this will help you to manage your expectations and understand perhaps why you feel the way you do about having kids. And if it feels like you have just like kicked a hornet's nest by asking yourself these questions, then yeah, take this question to a coach or a therapist or however, whichever direction that you need to go. If it's something that you need to like dive deep into your past, yeah, maybe this is a therapy conversation. Or if you realize that maybe it was like a little T of a trauma, this belief that was imprinted on you, certainly go see a therapist, right? But if it's in your present life and it's like you're at this like weird place of not understanding where you want to go in your future and you've cleared up all of that, then yeah, talk to a coach. Talk to an unbiased person that can actually help you get really clear in your decisions of what your timeline should or should not be, right? After you do this, okay, after being the keyword here, if you are a data-driven person, then go have blood work and a semen analysis performed so that you can understand your probability of conceiving at this particular point in time, right? I really advise you doing this together, by the way, and not just having one partner do it and not the other. This is an incomplete story. It's, it's kind of pointless, right? Um, and now, like, it's easier than ever. They're really... Sh- shouldn't be any excuses about it. Like they make at-home kits for testing female hormones on day three. And they also make at-home test kits that are really robust. Now they didn't always used to be, but really robust semen analysis kits that even test things like DNA refraction, which is really important because that can let you know about lifestyle issues that you can make ahead of time to improve your sperm. So, you know, nothing worse than like deciding that you're going to wait six 12 months, 
And then you circle back and you're like, oh, there are problems on both sides, right? So maybe you should cross your T's and dot your I's um, and do some testing if you have your mindset in order first, right? And the reason that I say this has to do with bias of where you would go if you didn't do an at-home test to be tested, right? So I have said on this podcast before, and I'll say it again, I think the best place to get tested for fertility struggles, if especially if you've been conceiving for some time and it hasn't happened, is at an IVF clinic, right? That's their bread and butter. That's what they do all day long is look at eggs and embryos and sperm. <laughs> and it's just, that's what they do versus sending it off to a Quest Lab where maybe that person saw a sperm analysis three months ago and is like, yeah, I can sort of do the count. Uh, I learned this in school, right? Very different way of looking at a sperm analysis. Now, I still think that IVF clinic is the best place to go for, for the most in-depth interpretation. I think it's better than your OB's office, and I think it's because they're both biased, okay? So my opinion is that most, not all, most OBs are very, very good at getting the baby out, actually, but not so good at maybe getting the baby in, right? Their focus is on after you're pregnant and the delivery. It's not necessarily the crux of all that they learn in terms of fertility. That's why there's an extra step to go be a reproductive endocrinologist in terms of internships or fellowships, right? But if you go to an IVF clinic, you have to understand that their bias is to do IVF, right? Like, or to do some sort of intervention, right? It's just like if you go consult a surgeon they're likely gonna tell you you need surgery. So you just have to understand the context of where you're going for the opinion, right? And that's why I say it can be nice to be able to do these things at home now and not feel that added extra pressure. So if you're really firm in the idea that you don't wanna start trying for a year, but you wanna know what your present probability is and if lifestyle changes could help improve things, then I think you have to go in expecting that they're going to want to push you towards that and be really firm in your own timeline first, okay? Rarely does like someone's results come back that everything is perfect. So expect that, right? Know that what you find might color your decision for how long to wait. And if you're good with that, then proceed. And lastly, if you do go get labs and everything is top notch, which it could be, right? Especially if you're really young and you've lived a nice, clean lifestyle, you have great genetics, I want you to promise yourself one thing. I want you to promise yourself that if you decide to wait in a year from now, you have struggles or your biology naturally declines as it will, because sadly, we are declining. It's just the nature of being a human uh, that is alive. I want you to promise yourself like and each other, just pinky swear, that you won't beat yourself up because likely the situation will change a little bit, right? This is why I said it's really important to do your own reasoning and deciding first and really like your, your reasons for waiting. Because if you like your reasons for delaying, any natural decline is less likely to affect you negatively in a mental, emotional way. So I mentioned that recently there had been some Big advances in home hormonal testing, excitingly in sperm analysis, even for DNA fragmentation. And this is really phenomenal way to create privacy and also be able to <laughs> do these tests together and to have your own health 
card sort of score report, right? And it's significantly more affordable this way. I want to point that out too. That company that does those tests is called Legacy. And then for women, the at-home test that I currently recommend is called Modern Day Fertility. And I just think that both tests can give you a firm understanding of probability. Remember, that's really different than possibility, but probability, like just numbers. Okay. Legacy is pretty cool too. And that it offers you the option to free sperm, which can be incredible for couples that are looking to delay because of things like cancer treatments or military deployment or possible future toxic exposures in work. So maybe you guys are really set on deciding that you want to wait a year, but one of you wants to accept a job where there might be toxic exposures, like say that you're a fireman and you're really into hazard material spills. Um, or even just like the heat of being a fireman could potentially make your sperm decline a little bit, unfortunately, or any other career where you are exposed to radiation or everyday chemicals, PFAS, things that just build up in our systems and sort of decay our, our hormonal systems over time. Freezing sperm can be an excellent like counter to that if we know ahead of time, right? And it can give a couple incredible peace of mind to delay conceiving. And yes, advanced paternal age is absolutely a thing. We don't really talk about sperm freezing and we don't talk about advanced paternal age much because we are very conditioned to just look at the woman and be like, well, it's your fault, your eggs decline. But sperm and the ability to make healthy sperm that are shaped correctly and have the correct DNA and and can get to the egg because they swim well also declines, right? So paternal, advanced paternal age is age 42. That's where we see sort of a stark drop-off for the first time. There's a little wobble around 35. And in women, advanced maternal age is the stark drop-off is a little bit just after 35. And then we see a little bit of a wobble around 27. So just kind of putting that into your perspective because there could be a significant age difference in your relationship. Maybe the person that makes sperm is a little bit older and you find yourself wanting to enjoy those first few years of marriage, then freeze the sperm. But then you also have to understand that that means as a person with eggs, you're likely gonna have to go through some sort of intervention like IUI or IVF if you don't naturally conceive in that when you, you know decide that it's go time, right? So just we'll make sure that we link to those in the show notes so that if you want to look up those companies that you can. As far as blood work goes, I often recommend too that before you even start going down the path of looking at your hormones and sperm, unless you already suspect a severe hormonal imbalance for some reason, I suggest that you actually start looking at your toxic load and your nutrient densities. So how, are you lacking in any sort of vitamins that could be implicated in infertility? Or are you carrying any heavy metals in your body that could also be an issue when you do try to conceive? Because a lot of times you can do those testings and then correct with food and vitamins or even supplements like folate where we actually help you detox naturally. We don't have to go into these strict detoxes if you do have heavy metals. Sometimes you do, sometimes you have to do chelation, but we never wanna detox while we're trying to get pregnant that actually could be potentially harmful to the fetus. So we want to do that well in advance. I say that three months is the minimum amount of time that I want somebody to have before they do any moderate to harsh detoxes, uh, especially in the particularly in the female body. So just understanding that if you're wanting to do something and go into action, but you're not really ready to look at fertility tests, such as a sperm 
analysis or hormonal testing that absolutely like go before that where we should be looking at nutrient deficiencies and toxic load, right? This also helps you mentally by putting a you focus on your health instead of it all being tied to this outcome of having a baby. You're going to have much more positive effects mentally and it will be like the changes that you make based on the results that you get from that, you'll be able to naturally like sustain those quite a bit longer because when our intention is linked to something outside of ourselves, like a baby, when the baby does arrive, we often lose our will to keep up those lifestyle changes, right? So because we've the intention, we got what we wanted, right? But if we can tie the intention back to just our own health, when we're doing all of this testing, just to make your body as healthy as possible, then you're much more likely to be able to sustain those lifestyle changes over time and have a really positive effect on your body. And then the baby is just extra, right? So my last piece of advice here is to learn how to regulate your nervous system. So this skill will help you so much in so many areas of your life from trying to conceive to parenting. And what do I mean by regulate your nervous system? So most of us don't even know when our nervous system has become dysregulated because the state of stress that you've been in has been so chronic for so long. So when your nervous system is in a chronic state of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, it's naturally harder to conceive. Humans were meant to live in nervous system activation about 15% of the time only when necessary, like running from a threat or looking for food in a drought or you haven't eaten in a couple days. You were not designed to be activated because of things like your email and your boss and constant stimulation that you get from all of the input around you and sensory information. Like never before have humans lived in a time when we are just like constantly bombarded with so much sensory input, especially things that can also then cause like dopamine chain reactions. So our nervous system is just sort of constantly clinched in a lot of people. And there's a bit of a like evolutionary mismatch about your brain thinking that these, these things are our stressors to the degree of like what it would have put on par with a tiger back in the day. So learning how to work with and control your physical and emotional body can be huge for your for your own physical health and your mental well-being. It's also a skill that's going to help making decisions, even hard ones, inherently easier, right? So this is a lot of what we do in my program is we learn to notice when our nervous systems are dysregulated and then we learn to employ the certain practices that help you get back to a state of rest and digest or breed and feed in your nervous system because each of us is different. So there isn't just like one exercise to quell a nervous system. Breathing might work for another for one person and another person might need something that involves tactile touch or sound. So checking in on your nervous system is one of my first steps to make hard decisions, which if you are challenged at all in fertility, you know that there's a lot of hard decisions, sadly. So if you're having trouble regulating your mind and making a decision, especially about when to have a kid, check with your nervous system first, okay? And really try and get into a place of relaxation before you have these hard conversations with your partner. I also want you to give yourself plenty of runway when you're setting a time to start trying. So notice if your brain is tied to a strict timeline around a work issue or travel or even age, right? The stricter the timeline, the more clues you have that you're sort of trying to control this journey on your timeline. And the challenge with that is that you're not leaving any room, like any wiggle room 
for the timeline of your future child, right? So souls have their own timeline of when they want to come through. I recommend giving yourself a two-year window to try. If you find yourself in a tight timeline, perhaps exploring the need to control again with a therapist or a coach um, can be supremely helpful for you to understand where that need to control comes from and how we can sort of like loosen our grip and again, lighten our attachment to the outcome, right? And I know for a fact that it will be extremely helpful in parenting because you are there to provide structure and guardrails as you teach your child to thrive, but not to control them, right? They aren't here so that like we can live out our lives through them. They're here to live out their lives and walk beside us. And when we can parent in a non-controlling way and give our kids proper autonomy, but proper structure and guardrails, they really truly thrive, right? The need to control and not checking it in ourselves first can be one of the worst things that we accidentally pass down by modeling behavior to our kids. So if you're resonating with this and you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally controlling and I get that, I'm a recovering type air. And my husband knows that the way to make me hit the roof is to just say, you're so controlling. So like, I get you, I'm not judging you. But I do wanna offer that it can make parenting so much easier and it's a lot easier to solve for now than when there's actually a kid here to take care of. Know that your entire fertility journey and pregnancy and birth can all be opportunities to let go of control, to really learn to hone in and trust your body, get in touch with your intuition, and to deepen your connection with your partner and to be in touch with a place of magic or mystery If you are willing to be an active participant in the journey instead of a victim of time, circumstance, and human biology. In my opinion, it is never too early to start learning how to manage your mind and understand the clues that your body is leaving you in the form of symptoms and your cycle health. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it useful. I'll make sure that all the links that we mentioned are in the show notes below. And if you have any questions, be sure and reach out to me. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's content and found it useful. This podcast is a labor of love from an entire team of people. We would love it if you shared the wisdom that you just banked or left a review on iTunes. Reviews help women just like you across the globe find this valuable information when it's their turn to conceive. We would consider it the ultimate compliment. Bye for now.